everybody. It is great to see you. So glad that you're here today. If it's your first time at the bridge, we especially want to welcome you. Thanks for joining us today. We know there are a lot of great churches in this valley, and we're honored that you would just choose to come hang out with us today and worship God with us. So if you're here in your regular part of the bridge, would you just put your hands together? Let's welcome our first-time guests. Thank you for joining us. You may have noticed coming in, our lobby is under construction. Did anybody notice that when you came in? If you didn't, that's a really a good thing, I guess. Uh, the floors are torn out, but new tiles coming in this week. Uh, but out in the middle of the lobby, there's some tables set up. That's our Connection Center. If you've got any questions today, stop by the Connection Center. They can answer your questions there. Or check out our website, thebridgechurch.tv. I guarantee you, you can find answers there as well. Thank you so much for joining us today. You know, the past several weeks, we've been in a series that we called Seriously. You just saw it on the screen a minute ago. Seriously? God has a plan for my life, a purpose? Absolutely. And today I've asked my wife to come and share a message that she shared some time back, actually in youth service one night, but it fits in so well about God's plans and purposes for your life. So I want you to put your hands together and make a lot of noise for my wife, Ann Martin, as she comes to share today. Would you greet her right now? I love you. Good morning. How are you doing this morning? Really? <laughs> Let's try that again. How are you doing this morning? Woo! That's what I like to hear. First service was so quiet. They, were, they weren't awake yet. So I, I know you guys, it's 11 o'clock service. You are wide awake, right? <laughs> right? All right. Okay, you know, just checking. <laughs> Well, I have loved this series that we've been doing entitled Seriously, because it's all about God's purposes for our lives. And God does have great plans and great purposes for each and every one of us. And so I want us this morning just to start out just by praying and asking God to speak to us personally today. And you know, as we take this time in the beginning of a service to pray, it's not about me just praying, it's about all of us praying and opening our heart to God and asking him to speak to us. So let's do that together right now, okay? Father, we just come before you right now. God, we thank you for this day. We thank you for this time. God, we're here to meet with you. We're here to hear from you. Father, this isn't about just being able to check something off of our checklist to say that we went to church today. God, we're not here out of obligation. We're here to meet with you. And so, Father, I ask that you'd speak to each one of us personally. Help us to hear what you're saying to us. Have your way in our lives, in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen, amen. amen. Well, this has been a great series that we've been in for several weeks. I know we took a break last week to talk about marriage because it was the week of Valentine's Day. But I'm excited to be launching back into this Seriously series today and talk about God's purpose for our lives. And maybe you are still sitting here saying, seriously? God has a plan. God has purpose for me. You don't know me. You don't know where I've been. You don't know what I've been through. If that's our response to God, I know that his response to us is seriously. 
Yes, seriously, I do have a plan and a purpose for you. And, you know, throughout this series, we have looked at some great examples from the Word. Examples of people who have walked into God's purposes for their lives. We looked at the example of Philip, and we looked at the example of Caleb, and then a couple of weeks ago, Pastor Zach uh, taught from the life of Joseph. And so we've seen these great examples and how they've walked into God's purposes for their lives. And you know, one of the biggest things that we've seen consistently with these examples is that purpose is not a destination. I like how Pastor Gary says it. Purpose is not a portrait. Purpose is a mural that goes from scene to scene to scene throughout our lives. Purpose is not just one big thing way out there, someday we'll get to it. No, purpose is today going from scene to scene in our lives. It should be this ongoing conversation that we have with God, saying, okay, God, in this season of my life, in this stage of my life, what do you want to do through my life? What are your purposes for me in this season, in this day, in this scene of my life? Because God wants to use each of us every day in every scene of our lives. And so today we are going to look at one more example from the Word. And so if you've got your Bibles, you can turn to Luke chapter 1. We'll also have the verses on the screens. But today we are going to look at the story of Mary. And you might be sitting there thinking, oh, didn't we just talk about that a couple months ago? Wasn't that the Christmas story? I want to tell you, the story of Mary is far more than a nice Christmas story. The story of Mary is a story of purpose. And so we're going to look at her story starting in Luke chapter 1. And we see this encounter that Mary has with the angel. The angel appears to her as this young teenage girl. And the angel says, Mary... The Lord is with you. You are highly blessed. You are highly favored by God. And it says that when Mary heard this, she was troubled. I mean, can you imagine? The angel appears to her and she's got to be thinking, oh my gosh, what's going on? What is happening right now? And then the angel says, don't be afraid, Mary. You will conceive and give birth to a son and you will call him Jesus and he will be great. And she says, what? How can this be? I'm not even married. I've never even been with a man. And the angel says, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of God will overshadow you. And this Holy One that you're going to give birth, birth to will be the Son of God. Now, if Mary wasn't troubled, you know, in the beginning when the angel first appeared, put yourself in her shoes. She was probably pretty troubled after hearing this news. I mean, we think about, oh, how wonderful this is. But really put yourself in her shoes. This had to have been very shocking news. You know, she had a plan for her life. She had her future mapped out. She was engaged to Joseph. They were going to be married. They had their future all planned. And now, if she becomes pregnant, oh no, what's going to happen? How, how is he going to understand this? Is he even going to want anything to do with her? I mean, she had to be thinking all of these things. What, what's going to happen? Joseph's not going to want anything to do with me. Our future might be down the drain if I become pregnant. And not only her future with 
Joseph, but everyone else around her because if a girl, a young girl like that became pregnant, or any woman really, outside of marriage in that day, in that culture, they would be considered unclean. They would be considered an outcast. She would be shunned and rejected by everyone she knew. And so Mary was presented with a dilemma. Here, the story that she had for her life, the plan that she had for her life was colliding with the plan that God had for her life. And she had to make a choice. And she had to decide whose plan was going to win. But Mary chose to risk everything. She chose to risk the future that she had planned out for herself. And in Luke chapter 1, let's look at verse 38. This is Mary's response to the angel. And then Mary said, Behold the maidservant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Mary said yes to the angel. Mary said yes to God's plan. She chose God's plan over her own. And you know, Mary's story really presents all of us with a question. Because we all make plans for our own lives, right? But when our plan and God's plan collide, whose plan will win? I want to tell you, God's plan will always be far bigger than our plan. God's plan will always be far more purposeful than our plan, full of divine purpose, kingdom purposes. God's plan will always be far more fulfilling than our small human plan could ever be. Because we can only plan something that we can get our little human brains around. But God's plan is so much bigger than we can ever get our human thinking around. I want God's plan. Whose plan do you want? I hope that we would all say, yes, I want God's plan and God's purposes for my life. But you know, when we say yes, that is just the very beginning. That's just the beginning of the story. I mean, think about it when two people get married and they're, they're saying their vows in the wedding ceremony. They're saying yes to each other. Is that the end of the story? That is just the very beginning. Then they have to walk out. They, Excuse me, did I say have to? Then they get to walk out the marriage one day at a time, right? It's just the beginning. And Mary's yes to the angel, Mary's yes to God was just the beginning of her story. Then she had to start walking out that yes. She had to start walking into God's purposes for her life one day at a time. And I believe that we all want to be people who walk into God's purposes for our lives. I, I don't think we want to be people who just say, oh, yes, God, I want your plans, I want your purposes, and then never actually walk into them, right? We want to be people who actually walk into all that God has for us. So today, we're going to learn some lessons from Mary, from the steps that she took immediately following her yes 
to the angel, immediately following her yes to God. And some lessons that will help us follow through with our yeses to God and steps that will help us walk into God's purposes for our lives, okay? You awake? All right. So the first thing we're going to learn from Mary is the importance of connecting ourselves with godly people. It's so important. You see, in the angel's conversation with Mary, the angel told Mary that her cousin Elizabeth was pregnant, that she was six months pregnant. Now, Mary knows that Elizabeth is up in years. Elizabeth has been barren. Elizabeth has never been able to have children. They've always wanted children. And so for Mary to hear this, she knows this is a miracle. This was encouragement to her that with God, anything is possible. And even though Elizabeth was her cousin, Mary didn't know she was six months pregnant. They lived in different cities. They didn't have phones. They didn't have social media so she could find out what's going on with everyone else. And so in Luke chapter 1 and verse 39, we see the very next thing that Mary does after she says yes to the angel. It says, now Mary arose in those days and went into the hill country with haste to a city of Judah and entered the house of Zacharias and greeted Elizabeth. And it happened when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary that the babe leaped in her womb and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. See, Mary didn't waste any time. As soon as she finished that conversation with the angel, she went to see Elizabeth. And if Mary didn't know that Elizabeth was pregnant, Elizabeth surely didn't know that Mary was pregnant. But as soon as Elizabeth opens the door and hears Mary's voice, the Holy Spirit comes upon Elizabeth and Elizabeth starts speaking out the things that the Holy Spirit is telling her. And Elizabeth looks at Mary and she says, you are blessed more than any other woman. You believed God and what he said is true. And then she looks at the baby and at her stomach and she says, you are pregnant and this baby is blessed. See, Elizabeth knew that this was the savior that Mary was carrying. And then she says, and I'm blessed that the mother of my Lord would come to visit me. You see, something supernatural happened when Mary chose to connect herself with Elizabeth. This was not just a casual encounter. This was not just a coincidence. This was a divine connection. And there is a lot involved with this connection between the two of them that I want us to recognize this morning. The first thing is that by going to see Elizabeth, Mary was choosing to connect herself with someone further along in the journey than she was. Elizabeth was older in age. Elizabeth had experienced more of life. She was further along in her pregnancy. But also, Elizabeth had walked with God longer. And Elizabeth was strong in the Lord. In fact, in Luke 1, it says that Elizabeth and Zechariah lived honorably before God. They kept his commandments. They enjoyed a clear conscience before God. Mary was going to visit someone that she knew was strong 
in God. And she knew the value of godly connections. Godly connections in our lives are so vitally important to us walking forward into God's plans and purposes for our lives. They're vitally important. Sometimes we can isolate or we can pull back from people. God doesn't intend for us to do life alone. He wants us to be connected together. We are his body. We need each other. Godly connections are so vitally important. And when we ever get into a place where we feel like we don't need anybody else, or we're more spiritual than everybody else, or we can't learn from anybody else, that is a dangerous place to be. We've got to recognize how vitally important godly connections are in our lives. By connecting herself with Elizabeth, Mary was also doing something else. She was disconnecting herself from people around her because she had to leave where she was to go to another place to see Elizabeth. And sometimes we need to disconnect from some people in our lives. Recently, we had our big chick night event here at the church, and there was a woman from our church who shared a beautiful testimony of amazing things that God has done in her life. But in the course of sharing her testimony, she shared how she had been heavily involved with gangs and in the gang lifestyle, and she'd been raped multiple times. And she found herself in jail. And she told me that she recognizes that she found herself in those situations because she wasn't willing to disconnect from people she knew she should have disconnected from. I want to tell you, if there are people in your world that you know you need to disconnect from, if the Spirit of God has been nudging your heart about that, prompting you to disconnect, do not ignore his promptings. It's so vitally important. Our connections are so incredibly important. Another thing I want us to notice about this is that Mary also separated herself, disconnected herself for a season from Joseph. Because after her encounter with the angel, it says that she went immediately to connect with Elizabeth. Now, what would we have done? Well, I don't know about you, but I probably would have run to Joseph. Joseph, you won't believe it. This is what happened. And we try to explain and we try to manipulate and it's going to be okay. And we can still get married anyways and it's all going to be fine. Right? That's what we try to do. But we don't see anywhere where Mary did that. She immediately went to Elizabeth's and left Joseph in God's hands. She trusted God to deal with him, to talk to him, to take care of everything. And in Matthew 1, in verse 20, we see where Joseph becomes aware that Mary is pregnant. And he's wrestling with what to do. And in verse 20... It says, as he considered this, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. For the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit. And she will have a son. And you are to name him Jesus. For he will save his people from their sins. 
See, we don't have to explain. We don't have to manipulate to try to get people to believe what God is asking us to do. When it's really God, he will speak to everybody involved. That's his job. It's not ours. We don't have to do his job for him. Our job is to trust him. Now I want you to notice one thing about this. Jesus' birth was not just part of God's plan and purpose for Mary. It was also part of God's plan and purpose for Joseph. Because it had been prophesied for generations beforehand that the Savior would come from the lineage of David. Mary wasn't from the lineage of David. Joseph was from the lineage of David. You see, God can orchestrate every detail far better than we ever could. He doesn't need our help. We can trust him when he asks us to do something. When we step into his purposes, when we say yes to God, we don't need to try to make other things happen. We can trust him to take care of everything. Amen? And one last thing I want us to notice about this connection, this divine connection between Mary and Elizabeth, is that it brought confirmation. It brought confirmation to Mary when Elizabeth started speaking by the Holy Spirit. She started confirming the things that the angel had spoken to Mary already. When we have godly connections in our lives, they will strengthen us. They will encourage us. They will bring confirmation into our lives. But you know... Confirmation was also brought to Elizabeth because Elizabeth was pregnant. And Elizabeth was carrying John the Baptist. And so for Elizabeth to see that Mary is carrying Jesus, that brought confirmation to Elizabeth that the Savior was coming. This one that her baby would be declaring is coming that her baby would be preparing the way for, he is on his way. So that brought confirmation to Elizabeth as well. It's never just about us. Our godly connections, our divine connections with other people, they're never just about us. It's always so much bigger than just us. You see, connecting ourselves with godly people is so important. It is so vital if we are going to walk into God's plans and purposes for our lives. So think about who you're connected with. Who are you connected with? Are there people you need to disconnect from? Are there other godly connections that you need to start pursuing? Let's be people who go after godly connections. And when we do, we will find ourselves one step further, walking into God's purposes for our lives. The second thing I want us to learn from Mary is to focus on God's greatness. The very next thing we see Mary doing is declaring God's greatness. Look at Luke 1 and verse 46. And Mary said, my soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit has rejoiced in God my Savior, for he has regarded the lowly state of his maidservant. For behold, henceforth, all generations will call me blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. 
And his mercy is on those who fear him from generation to generation. And she continues all the way through verse 55, declaring the greatness of God. You see, Mary chose to live with a continual recognition of God's greatness. When we pursue our plans, it's about our greatness. And when we focus on ourselves, everything seems to get off balance in our lives. But when we pursue God's plan, it becomes about his greatness. And when we continually focus on God's greatness, it causes us to have a right perspective. It causes everything to fall into place. And it keeps us humble. You know, in Mary's song of praise that we just looked at, she's speaking from a really humble heart. She's saying God took notice of this lonely servant girl. Wow, why would God choose me? But he has and he has done something great. Only God could do this. She is so aware of God's greatness in her life. You know, Mary could have easily focused on her inadequacies. But you know, if she had, she never would have said yes to the angel. But it would have been so easy for her to focus on, on her inadequacies and why, why would God choose me to carry his son, to give birth to his son, to raise his son? Why would God choose me? I'm not capable. I'm, I'm not experienced. I've never been a mother. I don't know how to do this. She could have gone through all of the things in her mind why she was inadequate and unable to do this. But I know that she didn't do that because she said yes to God. If she'd been focused on her inadequacies, she would have pushed away the angel. She would have pushed away God's purposes. Said, no, not me. I'm not worthy. Not me. Not me. I think sometimes that's what we do. I think sometimes we push away God's plans and purposes for our lives because we're so busy focusing on our inadequacies and saying, no, God, not me. No, God, you couldn't use me like that. No, God, no, remember what I've done. Remember where I've been. No, God, I'm not worthy. Not me, not me. We've got to be so careful. I know in my life, it can be easy for me to focus on my inadequacies. But I've had to learn to catch myself, to refuse to go down that road. Because I have learned that when I focus on my inadequacies, it only paralyzes me. It only keeps me from moving forward into what God has for me. We've got to be so careful and refuse to focus on our inadequacies and choose to focus on God's greatness because that's what will propel us forward into his purposes for our lives. We will never walk into God's purposes if we don't take our eyes off of ourselves. If we don't take our eyes off of our inadequacies. If we don't take our eyes off of our fears and choose to focus on the greatness of God. Another thing I want us to learn from Mary is that 
she refused to give up. We need to be people who refuse to give up. You see, when Mary said yes to the angel, when she said yes to God's plan, that didn't mean that everything was going to be perfect and easy ahead for her. Mary's assignment wasn't just to give birth to Jesus. Her assignment was also to raise the Son of God, to be his mother. And in Luke 2, it tells us that when Mary and Joseph took Jesus to the temple, Simeon prophesied over Jesus. And then he blessed Joseph and Mary. And then he turned and he spoke directly to Mary. And he said, a sword will pierce your soul as his mother. Wow, that wasn't exactly encouraging, was it? <laughs> but it was a warning to her that things weren't always going to be easy. I think we've all learned that things aren't always easy in life. In John 7, it tells us that Jesus' brothers didn't believe that he was the Son of God. They didn't even believe until they were adults, until after the resurrection. So can you imagine being the mother of the Son of God and then all these other children that she and Joseph had after Jesus was born? Can you imagine what it was like to be their mother? And the strife and the bickering that had to take place in the house? How come he's never in trouble? How come he never does anything wrong? Why are we always the ones being punished? What do you mean he's the son of God? Oh, and you're saying it too? What do you mean you're the son of God? I don't know. Get out the Nerf guns. It's time for war. I mean, there had to have been some chaos breaking out in that house. It could not have been easy being the mother of all of these children and Jesus, the son of God. But you know, it only got more difficult from there. In John 19, it tells us that Mary was at the cross. When her son was ridiculed and mocked, when he was brutally beaten, she was there as that cat of nine tails whipped his body, catching his skin, pulling his skin off of his body. When he was brutally beaten beyond the point of recognition, can you imagine the anguish in that mother's heart? The heartache, the pain. And then in Mark 15 and 16, it says that she was there when they covered his tomb with the stone. Can you imagine the heartbreak that her son, her firstborn son, the son of God, that she was honored to carry and bring into the world, has now died. You see, Mary had so many occasions to be weary, to be discouraged, to be heartbroken, to question God, even to be angry at God. She had so many occasions to be hurt, 
to stop believing, to turn her back on God, to say, God, this is too hard. Why have you done this to me? Why have you asked me to carry your son and bring him into the world only to go through all of this? To see him brutally, horrifically beaten and killed. She had so many occasions to stop believing, to turn her back on God, to say, this is too hard, and to give up. God, why have you done this to me? But she didn't. She never did. We know she never did. Because in Acts chapter 1, when Jesus ascended, it says that she was in the upper room with those who were constantly united in prayer. She was there. She was there when the Holy Spirit came upon them. She never stopped believing. She never gave up. She never said this is too hard. She never became angry with God for making life so difficult. She stayed the course. She kept believing. And she stayed trusting in God. You know, if she hadn't, she never would have been in the upper room. And she never would have seen what happened next. Because the very next thing is that Peter shared the gospel message. He shared the message of Jesus, her son. And you know what happened? Over 3,000 people came to believe in him and to know him as Savior. And the early church was formed. And evangelism began to spread across city to city to city. If she had given up along the way, she never would have been there to see the incredible fruit of her life. Fruit which had the power to impact her personally. Fruit which had the power to impact every person in her generation. Fruit that had the power to impact every person in every generation ever to come, including us. Wow. You see, God's purposes for our lives will always be far bigger than just us. God's purposes for our lives will always impact others. And God's purposes will always impact multiple generations. Wow, God had a huge plan for this simple servant girl. This one who could have so easily felt inadequate. He had a huge plan for her life. And God has a huge plan for your life. But the enemy wants to get us to give up along the way. So often people say, yes, God, yes, I want your plans. I want your purposes for my life. Yes. But then they become discouraged, weary, disillusioned, even angry along the way and give up. Have you found yourself there? Are you weary? Are you discouraged? Have you felt like giving up? Have you given up? I've been there. When I was a teenage girl, 
I remember having this encounter with God that was just so distinct, and I felt like in that moment he gave me a glimpse of what he had in store for my future. And I just held that in my heart and started taking steps one at a time to walk in that direction. But as a young adult, my entire world fell upside down, and I felt like my whole life had been yanked out from underneath me. I thought my future was over. I thought there was no possible way that God could ever use me. I felt like everything had been destroyed. I was beyond discouraged. I was devastated. I felt like I may as well give up. Why go forward? There seemed like there was no point. But the Holy Spirit kept nudging me on the inside, prompting me to move forward even when it was hard, prompting me to stay in church and keep godly connections with other people even when it was difficult. I felt like he kept prompting my heart to stay in the word even when my flesh didn't even feel like opening my Bible. He kept prompting my heart to forgive when forgiving was the last thing I wanted to do. He kept prompting me to do the things that kept my focus on God rather than on my pain. And one step at a time, the Holy Spirit helped me to refuse to give up. And one step at a time, I walked into healing. I walked into restoration, and I walked into more purpose than I could have ever imagined that God had for me. And I continue to walk into his plans for my life. But I gotta tell you, I wouldn't be walking in his plans for my life if I had given up. We can't afford to give up. Wherever you find yourself at, I want to tell you, do not give up. No matter how difficult things get, refuse to quit. Don't give up along the way. Don't let the enemy win. That's what he wants. Refuse to give up because God has more ahead for you than you can ever begin to imagine. You can't afford to give up. Maybe you're finding yourself in that place. Maybe you have been feeling like giving up. Maybe you've been discouraged along the way. I believe God specifically brought you here today because he wants to, you to know that he has great things ahead. They are just around the corner, but do not give pray for you today. I want to pray for all of us today because God doesn't want us just to be people who say, yes, God, I want your plans. He wants us to be people who are willing to take the steps to walk into the fullness of his plans. And for some of you, maybe that first step is to say yes to a relationship with 
Maybe you're here today and you have never known Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. I want to tell you, I can't imagine trying to live out the purpose for which I was created without a relationship with the one who created me for that purpose. His arms are wide open to you. He loves you. He longs to live in relationship with you and help you walk into the fullness of all that he created you for. And if you're here today, I want to encourage you. Don't put it off any longer. Let today be your day to surrender to God. Say, okay, God, yes, I'm going to walk with you and walk into your purposes for my life. Maybe you're here today and you know that you've had a relationship with God, but you've just gotten cold in your heart and gotten far from him. And you want to get back on track with him today. Awesome. And either count, if that's you. We're going to pray a prayer all together. And there's nothing special about my words, but if that's you, I want you to wrap your heart around these words, to pray this from your heart as we all pray together, okay? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you that you're my Father, that you love me, that you sent Jesus to die for me. And right now I surrender to you. And I ask Jesus to become the Lord of my life. And I choose to live for you all the days of my life. Help me to walk into your purposes for my life. In Jesus' name. And Father, right now, I just pray for every person in this place. God, I know that you do have great plans and great purposes for each and every one of us. God, I pray that we would truly recognize that today. And God, that we would be people who wouldn't just say, yes, I want your plans, but we would be people who would follow through with that yes, who would take steps to walk into all that you have for us. God, help us to be people who get connected with the people you want us connected to. Help us to have godly, strong, godly connections in our lives. And God, if there are people we need to disconnect from, I pray that you would show us, that you'd make it clear, and you'd give us the boldness and the courage to do it. Oh, God, I pray that our connections in our lives would be so strong, godly connections. And, Father, I pray that you'd help us to be people who would focus on your greatness. God, I pray that we wouldn't be people who would be out to pursue our plans for our greatness. God, I also pray that we wouldn't be people who would push away your plans because we're so focused on our inadequacies. God, I pray that we would focus on you and your greatness, that we would be encouraged and know that nothing is too big and nothing is too difficult for you. And just as you had a great plan for this simple, lonely servant girl, Mary, you have a great plan for our lives. God, I pray that we would be propelled into all that you have for us as we fix our focus on your greatness. And God, I pray 
that we would be people who would never, ever give up, that we would refuse to give up even when things get difficult, even when things are hard. God, that we wouldn't question, we wouldn't wander, but we would stay on track, stay on course, walking into all that you have for us, God. In Jesus' name, we thank you. We thank you, Father. And God, right now, I just especially want to pray for those in this place who maybe have given up, or those who have become discouraged and weary along the way, disillusioned. Maybe there's some who've even become angry with you, God. Father, I pray for these right now. You know who you are in this place. God, I pray that each one would be willing to hand over to you the hurt, the discouragement, the anger, the questions, all of it, to let go of it once and for all. Father, I pray that you would pour in your healing, pour in your strength, pour in your encouragement. God, I pray that this would be a marked day that there would be a supernatural strength and determination that would rise up within them, that they would say from this day forward, from this moment forward, I will refuse to give up. I will not quit. I will walk into all of your plans and purposes for my life, God. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Never give up. We can't afford it. God has too much ahead for each and every one of us. Amen, amen. Hey, if you prayed that prayer with us today and committed your life to Christ and you want to start a relationship with God, we have a simple little tool that we would just love to put in your hands before you leave today. It's just a short little book called The Next Seven Days. It's just a short devotional reading one each day for the next seven days. And at the conclusion of service, we'll have a prayer team standing down front here and they'll have those available. If you just come and let them know that you committed your life to Christ today, they would love to give one of those to you. They'd love to pray with you if you'd like prayer for anything. If you're in a hurry, you can also pick one of those up at our Connection Center out in the foyer. But can we just give a great hand this morning to those who made decisions to follow Jesus? Awesome. Awesome. Can we thank Pastor Ann for that message this morning? You know, throughout the last few weeks, we've been in this series called Seriously, where we're talking about purpose. And it seems like every week when we talk about purpose, I'm reminded just week in and week out that so many of the everyday decisions that we face in our lives are always going to have purpose attached to those decisions. When we make decisions, when we feel like we're confronted with the choice of, God, do I choose your road or do I choose to go my own way? We're confronted with the decision of purpose. 
And I hope that you've been inspired. I hope that these, uh, these teachings over the last few weeks have caught your attention on this. And that's really talked to your heart a little bit about what it is that God's got in front of you, about the choices that are in front of you. You know, one of the things that we're going to do right now at this point in our service is we're going to bring our tithes and our offerings into God's house. And this is just one other area of our life where we are continually confronted with that decision of, God, am I going to take you at your word or am I going to choose my own way? And I want to just say first off today, if you're a guest with us today at the bridge, there's never any pressure or compulsion to give. That's the absolute worst reason to give. We give because we honor God. We believe that his word is true. We choose to put him first, even in the area of our finances. Those are the reasons why we give here in this house. We give out of free will. But there's some different ways that you can give up on the screen today if you want to prepare to give this morning. But I was reminded during that message this morning, you know, Mary said something very interesting when she was in the middle of an uncertain time, when she began to cry out to God and praise God. There's a statement that's made right there in Luke chapter 2 where it says, Henceforth, generations will call me blessed. The statement she was making is that from now on, from this time forward, if I choose God to take you at your word, generations will look back at my choice and they will say she was blessed. And then in turn, they will be blessed because of my decision. Can I tell you something today? When we give to God, when we bring our tithes and our offerings into his house, we have an opportunity to make a decision that will impact and bring blessing to future generations. This church has been in existence for over 32 years now, and we've been impacting the lives of generations, and it all happens because of people's generosity. It all happens because of people who choose to put God first, not just in their lives, but even in the area of finance. So thank you so much for your generosity. Thank you so much for your faithfulness in giving. Together we are able to do so much, and we're only going forward because of it. And this church exists because of faithful people who are honoring a faithful God. Amen? So this morning our ushers are going to come right now to receive our tithes and our offerings. And I just want to encourage you to give in faith and give in confidence because our God is faithful. Does anybody believe that? Awesome. A lot of honor to our ushers and our security team. Would you just hang tight till the end of service? And right now we're going to check out church news. God bless you as you give. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to The Bridge. My name is Adrian, and I want to welcome you and say thanks for being in church with us today. We really are grateful that you're here, and we hope that you'll get connected and be a part of everything that's happening in church. Here's a look at what's coming up at The Bridge. I'm excited to share a very important announcement with you today. Beginning Sunday, March 5th, I'm going to begin a brand new teaching series called The Walk. And it's all about building and growing your relationship with God. This series is going to answer a lot of questions for you. And whether you've been walking with God a few days or for many, many years, I promise you there'll be information in this teaching series that will help your relationship with God. And in conjunction with this, we're also going to be launching our new session of connect groups at the same time. And our connect groups are going to be using a video curriculum that we've developed, also called The Walk. And you're going to have an opportunity to share with other people and share your thoughts and learn from other people about what it means to build that relationship, that walk with God. 
So we want to encourage you, try to be here every week beginning March 5th for those six weeks, this special teaching series, and also get involved in a connect group because it will help you as you grow your relationship and your walk with God. today, we would love to meet you and help you find a home at The Bridge. Stop by the Connection Center after service and say hi. Our team would love to meet you and tell you more about everything that's coming up in church life. And if you made a decision to follow Jesus today, you can also grab a free copy of the next seven days at the Connection Center. We want to help you get started on your journey of faith. If you want to stay connected, be sure to check out our website, thebridgechurch.tv for details about everything that's coming up. We look forward to connecting with you. Hey, once again, I want to say thank you so much for being here today. How many have enjoyed being in God's house? Has God spoken to your heart today? I believe he has. Pastor Ann, thank you for that word of encouragement. You know, the cool thing is when we go home, I don't have to call her Pastor Ann. I get to call her sweetheart and all other kinds of nice words. Thank you so much for sharing that. Stand to your feet if you would. One thing just before you go. Uh, as you know, there's construction in the lobby, so watch your step coming in and out of the main rooms because there are some uh, carpet strips still in place. The other thing is I need several men who can help us for about 10, 15 minutes to help set up for Chick Connection this week over in the youth room. Just go to the lobby, hang a left, go right through those double doors, and we're right out there. God bless you. We love you. Have a great week.